Welcome to Read This, Read That. I am Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. How you doing, cousin? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, let, me, let me talk about the background because, oh my God, I am like, this is fabulous. Where, well, don't tell me specifically where you are. You're in LA. Yeah, I'm in LA. Um, is this a hotel or a house? No. So what, so, so what we decided to do is because Jason and I needed to be in LA for a full seven day stretch. Yeah. I was not feeling like traipsing through even a fabulous hotel lobby and going up even some fabulous hotel elevators, even to a fabulous room with Omicron out here. Wilden, I'm like, I need space. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to be not in a hotel. So we rented a house um, for a week, which gives you space. You know, uh, we had a couple people over last night. We had a chef come um, instead of even ordering out. So the food is cooked right, prepared here. So you know what you're eating. Yeah. You know what I mean? I oh. For health, for wellness. That's like a vacation. I added it. And so what I decided to do is I decided to make it Sagittarius season because, you know, my birthday was last week. So I'm like, I'm just going to extend my birthday for a week and make this part of my birthday. And then, of course, Mr. Surprise Man, Mr. Jason, we came out here for someone else's birthday, another friend of mine's birthday. So a bunch of us, I had to be here anyway because we have a shoot this week. Jason and I do for the company. We also have um, meetings for MSNBC. So I had a bunch of stuff to do in LA. I'm like, pile it all in. But we initially, it was launched by us coming out for this friend's birthday, for Jamel Hill's birthday. Yeah. Girl, it turned out that while we're planning a surprise birthday party for Jamel Hill, Jason and Jamel Hill's uh, husband and a bunch of all of these other girls, these machetes, were also making it a birthday party for me, too. So I had no idea <laughs> that this birthday party I was going to was also for me. So it oh, was nice, though. <laughs> yeah. So and she and I were our Sagittarius girls, you know. Yeah. So it's really fun. So it's become a birthday work fun trip. It's been really great. That's good. Now, when you say the company, for those who don't know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So in addition to obviously I work at MSNBC, but we, uh, Jason and I have a production company. Um, it's a documentary production company called Image Lab Media Group. And so we're working on um, we, we do the other podcast that I do, which is called What to Read. It's one yeah. of the things to do. Um, and also we're working on not just some podcast projects, but also some, you know, actually visual documentary, video documentary projects. Yeah. So we're just working on some stuff, girl. We got things happening, child. And you all, let's not um, miss the fact that the Harry Belafonte documentary, um, I don't remember the name of it, but that was something that was a part of this company, right? Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we uh, helped to um, do the principal photography on the sit-in, which was the documentary about Harry Belafonte. Um, we did uh, a lot of the, pro- the the principal interviews for that. Um, and I also got an executive producer credit on that. We got an Emmy nomination for that. So, um, girl, we rolling. We, we do it all things, right? We, we, we are Generation X. We are multitaskers. We, we are workers. We love to get things done and we love to be creative. So, yes. I love that. I love that. I'm predicting uh, an L.A. residence in your future. I'm seeing, I feel that. I feel like this it, I've been looking at your social media. It just seems like a like you have a good community out there already. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it just like it just seems like a good fit for for a vacation. Even if it even if you were like, let's get a home out there. There's a lot of business that you could do. It 100%. could be a relax a relaxing time for you because it's away from your regular 
hustle and bustle that is the East Coast. I'm predicting that. I'm putting that out there. You are not wrong, girl. I mean, I would love to have an L.A. place just so that, you know, just even have have it be a winter home. Because I don't like being cold. I'll be honest with you. I do not like being cold. And I don't want to be old and cold. You know what I mean? As we get older, I want to have a place. I have a lot of friends where they old and cold, where they do their primary residence in like New York. But in when it gets cold, they hightail it. My godmother does. My godmother, when it gets cold, baby, she's in Jamaica. She's not in there freezing it out in New York. She she heads to Jamaica. And then I have other friends that go to Florida, you know, but we're not doing Florida again. We would rather do. Y'all, you've lived in Florida too long. (laughs) No, we did that. Been there, done that. California. So you are not wrong with that prediction, my 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 sister, cousin, friend, Sora, love friend. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I love, and I've been loving uh, watching your social media. Um, I'm sorry, Billy D. Williams, Levar Burton. Um, Oh my God! Listen. Oh my God! Can you just tell me about that moment? Yeah, let me launch right into my wind down. You, you have the perfect segue. So my wind down is that we are in California for the birthday work Sagittarius season, you know, combo trip. Tiffany Cross and I are out here because we're working on this diversity initiative for MSNBC and we're doing meetings for that. We have all this great stuff going on, documentary that Jason and I are working on. And so we're all out of doing this. And so it was already fabulous enough just to be out here on the West Coast in California soaking up a little bit of sun. It did rain a lot. Let's just be clear. It hasn't been sunny and it's been cold. That's fine. (laughs) Then so we get an invite the first night that we're here. Jason and Tiffany and I meet up to go and get like an early dinner, like a supper. Right. And we then get our phones start blowing up. Jason Johnson, who basically has moved out here, too, because he's working on some like comic stuff and like a lot of his projects. He decided also to COVID out here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you got to come over to where I'm hanging out with these blurs, the, the black nerds. And they're basically this group of mostly guys, one woman and a bunch of guys. But they also include Yvette Nicole Brown and Jason and other people who are creatives who are either writers, directors, comedians, comic producers. They're in the comic industry. Also, the, the you know, the, the all of those kind of black nerd worlds, right? They do lots of stuff on like Spider-Man and stuff like that. So there's this group that they meet once a week in this bar. It's like a bar restaurant and they just get together just to chat and just to be a community. Baby, when I tell you first, the texts were come over, the blurs want to meet you guys. Then the texts were, oh my God, you've got to come over now. LeVar Burton is on his way over here. Then the texts were, where are you guys? Y'all got to come right now. Billy D. Williams is about to come to this restaurant because he has a reservation here and he's oh going to be God. eating here with his team. You got Star yeah, Wars and Star it, Trek. That's like a nerd. A nor- <laughs> it's a blurred like Nirvana. And we were literally taking so long to get there because where we were, we were held up and we everything was taking so long to get there. And our texts are blown up. Then even Nicole Brown is texting, where are you guys? Y'all. Don't miss Billy D. Get here oh now. So we finally get there. We hang out with the Blurts for a while. And then, of course, almost like right on cue, in walks LeVar Burton. I mean, obviously, this guy's a legend from Roots on, Reading Rainbow, all the stuff he's doing. He actually is about to be the new host of the script Spelling Bee. I saw that. The first yeah. big celebrity host, which is awesome. And then he's also got his own talk show coming up. Um Damn. You know, that I think Ava DuVernay is producing or executive producing. So he's like, he said he didn't even want to do Jeopardy anymore. 
Yeah, and we talked about it. He was like, bye, Jeopardy. See ya. Oh, yeah. He don't care because he has so many opportunities that he's creating. So he wants it. And then, of course, Billy D shows up. So they have like an eminence degrees, like meetup of great men. You know, they're sitting there having this conversation. Then they invite the Blurreds all to come in and take pictures with them to meet them. And then, girl, he says the thing that literally makes me want to faint. Where He was like, I love you on your show. And he's like, he says, come and sit down next to me. I was like, oh, my God. So first of all, I was like, Mr. Williams, I have to tell you, my mother was absolutely in love with you. And she's, he, he says the same thing that um, uh, Mr. B, Mr. Belafonte said, because my mom's three idols were Muhammad Ali, Harry Belafonte, and Billy D. She thought they were all just the most handsome, amazing people. And so I got the chance to tell him the same thing I had told Mr. B, that, you know, my mom had a crush on you. And he said almost the same thing. He's like, oh, your mom had excellent taste. I'm like, is this like a line that the, like, cool men say? The cool, you know, grown folks men say? So he says that. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he says, he says, let me tell you something. He said, come sit right next to me. I, I sit next to him. He says, he says, I'm going to tell you two things. I said, okay. He said, thing number one, I watch your show every night. First of all, I'm like dying that he watches my show. Okay. Yeah. And he goes, because I always got to know what your hair is going to look like every night. Like, Because you have like a thousand hairstyles. I always got to see what the new hairstyle is going to be. I love it. But also, you just speak the truth and you are not afraid. He's like, I love the fact that you are not afraid. You are telling them. And as a black woman, you're out here speaking the truth. And I literally was like almost in tears. So it was amazing. It was amazing meeting them and taking pictures with them. It's going to be on the show. We're going to do a Who on the Week. Because I Yes, you did. Oh, my God. But to be able to have that moment with Billy D. Williams, right? I mean, the great, the icon, but to, but to share those words with you, like, oh, my God. It was amazing. That's I mean, powerful. He, it was powerful because it was like, it's like getting a blessing. It was like getting a blessing. You know what I mean? It was like getting a blessing from this. Well, and it's like man. you always say, it's it's not so much who you know, it's important, but it's who knows you. He knows you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, you just never know who is watching and who is um, being impacted by what you're doing. And it's really wonderful just to find out that somebody that you respect, you know, somebody I respect and that I revere and that literally this guy was like the first black like superhero that we yeah. ever saw growing up. We didn't see a lot of black men who had that kind of suave and debonair because they didn't like to see black men like that back in the day, right? They wanted black men to be villains, to be the criminal. He was a leading man. He was, he was a, a leading, leading man. man. Yeah. A leading man. And so this is like a, one of our first black sex symbols, you know, that was like out there doing this thing way before lots of other people. Obviously, yeah. ladies blues, all the movies. He, baby, when I tell you. It was exciting. Listen, don't get me started about Bingo Long All-Stars and Motor King. Child. Listen, come on. Come on now. You know, girl. I know Billy D. Was he drinking Code 45? He was not drinking Code 45. Oh, oh, I mean, listen, he was not. He was not drinking Code 45. It didn't matter. He was drinking water, actually. He was having water, but he was having like seltzer water. Um, and he he and his team were sitting there and they were having some kind of a meeting, I guess. But it was just amazing. It was amazing. So that is my that is my wind down. I love that. I'm so like I'm getting goosebumps. I'm so excited that I was getting goosebumps because I know how hard you work, and I know that you know you're just like grinding, grinding, grinding. So when you have moments like this, you know, like it's because with what you do, you get to meet so many incredible people, and you know, but it's rare that you get to meet people that you you know that you idolize, that your mother idolized, you know, that means so much to you personally. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one more is happening tonight on the show. We did an interview with the actress who plays Maria on Sesame Street. I mean, these people probably think me. I'm like, oh my God. And I was is so she still crazy. on Sesame Street? No, but she's the original Maria. Yeah. And she's beautiful. I mean, listen, Brown don't crack either because she looks incredible. It's hard to believe yeah. her age, but she um was she's part of a documentary that's gonna be running this weekend about the origins of Sesame Street. And a lot of people don't understand Sesame Street was like a subversive show because they were putting all these multicolored Muppets out. And it was so uh, controversial to have all these multicolored Muppets all living on the same street, including a Latina lady, you know, people of different races, all who live yeah. on Sesame Mississippi actually banned Sesame Street at first. Remember, it started in 1969 and Mississippi banned it because of the multiracial cast. So they and 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 I didn't even know this until this week that my one of my favorite songs. It's not that easy being green. My favorite. Oh, I love that song. I remember when Ray Charles sang it with yes. Horn sang it with um with um Kermit. Girl, I love that song. So if I said if I ever auditioned for a show. I would do my own rendition of It's Not Easy Being okay. Green. And girl, I practice Be in the green. shower way too much. I love the Same. song. And guess what that song is really about? What? Be, it, it's basically about being black. Yeah. In a white world. Yeah. And I did not even get, that did not occur to me. It's such a naturally sort of open song about being different. Being it's about different. Being different. I thought it was about being different. I didn't know the origin of it. Who wrote it? Okay. So I don't even know who wrote it, but I'm going to watch this documentary to find out who wrote it. Because they talk about the clip that we played. They're talking about that song and how that song was almost controversial because it's literally about it was written during the time of integration. Yeah. And the idea of being that a makes black sense. person in a white space is what it was about. And so you think about it, that green, it can be big. It can be important. It was building up children of color. They wrote the song to build up children of color who were integrating into white spaces to build up their self-esteem, our self-esteem as kids. Amazing. That's amazing. Speaking of Sesame Street, they just introduced for the first time their first Asian American yes. Muppet, um, which is which is crazy to think that this is just now happening. I mean, it was just within the last couple of months that they did that. I love Sesame Street. I love that, you know, I, you know, we both love Holly Robinson Pete. Her father yeah. was a part of Sesame Street years ago with Maria Gordon. and yeah, wow. Gordon, part of that original cast. So she's, you know, it's near and dear to her heart. And if you follow her on social media, she's always posting things about Sesame Street. Absolutely. Oh, girl, that's got to be the next stop for you to be a guest on Sesame Street. It, this is my, you know, it's one of my dreams, right? It's literally girl, mine too. I would. Oh, I would wow. be like, but we got to go on together. We got to do read this, read that Sesame Street edition. Girl, go on. and go sing. It's not easy being and green. Sing, it's not that easy being green. <laughs> we are ready. We are here. Remember Roosevelt Franklin? Remember when they hey, girl, Roosevelt he like, Franklin. <laughs> that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I love Sesame Street and Electric Company. With and Electric Company, yes. yes. And Zoom. We used to watch Zoom, too. The other oh, girl, come Zoom. on and Zoom, 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 Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Come on and Zoom, Come on, give it a try. Give it a try. We're going to show you just why. We're going to teach you to fly. Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom. Okay.
Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. Okay, <laughs> my wind down, Joanne. Yeah. I'm a I'm a piggyback on you fanning yourself and talk about menopause. <gasps> cause okay, what is? Cause listen, where are you going? <laughs> I'm running around because you just made me want to shout like I'm a church. Oh, I gotta run around again. I gotta run. Around. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my god. Thank you. Yes, please, please proceed. Please proceed, cousin. Please, girl. Please my favorite topic. I was like, we're not going to have time to talk about this. But then I said, you know what? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I usually, this is something that makes me feel so old. So I don't like to talk about it. But I have had a relatively, you know, cool experience, um, you know, leading up to like those last months where, you know, your cycle is like, like the heaviest of ever. And then all of a sudden, it is no more. Yes. <laughs> it is no yes. and then there are all these things that come with it but i tell you i i have not done with it i don't i don't deal with the getting hot mm -hmm. i don't deal like i don't deal with anything like that really i think it's i you know what you know what it is even a smooth menopause no yes do you know why your diet <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, menopause has nothing to do with diet. It's all about hormones. So no, no, and no. You don't no. think your hormones are affected by what you put in your body? Maybe. I don't Girl. know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course Maybe. That's possible. I mean, that is possible. It is. It's possible. It's it possible. Is. I, it's possible. But I, I got to tell you something. Listen, since we're talking menopause, which is literally my favorite topic right now, besides Billy D. Williams and No, Barbara. no. What are your symptoms? Tell me what, what you're dealing with. I love menopause. Okay. I've been what? waiting. For, I love it. I've been waiting for menopause 
for probably 30 years. Ever since I had my last, I'm like, I don't need it. I'm not having any more kids. As soon as I had the last child, as soon as Miles was born, I was like, bring me my menopause. Bring it over. Bring it, bring it, bring it. I know because my periods have always been torture. The, you know, pain, bloating, my, my belly blows up to look like a pregnant stomach. I can't button my clothes. I'm aggravated. I'm miserable. I'm emotional. Uh, I'm tired, extra, even extra more tired. It's draining. And I, and I, I hemorrhage. So I'm like, my, my iron is down. I mean, it's, there's, my periods have been horrible from age 13 on. They've never been anything but bad. So I'm like, I don't want to have my periods anymore. I really want them to go. And I'm always cold. And now, so the other day we had a meeting, (laughs) Tiffany and I had a meeting. And then afterwards I met up with some friends who are former NBC people in the bar area of this restaurant. And it was freezing cold, girl. It's been cold in California. It's been freezing. But when my little menopause hit me and I got my little hot flash, it was like, (laughs) I am warm. I am sitting here in the cold and I am feeling wonderful. As a person who's always cold, bring it. I love it. I love menopause. Yeah, for me, you know what? I, 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 periods for me were very painful because um, I have endometriosis. And yes, so for yes. me, they were always really heavy. I remember when my period first started in high school, it was just like, girl, through the clothes. You know, I had to go home early because I had, you know, blood stains there. It was just like, it would, and I was so skinny. Uh, but I had such a heavy flow. Yeah. It, and then I had the horrific cramps. Like Damn. I remember one day in college, I had to walk out of class because my cramps were so bad. And I thank God nobody else was in the hallway. I crawled from uh-huh. the classroom. Once I got out in the hall, I got out and I crawled to the bathroom. It was so bad. But eventually, as I got older, I learned that wine was my friend. But also yeah. I knew that, you know, when by the the when I first felt that first, you know, uh, uh, what, what do you want to say? The <laughs> twinge. That the the first, you know, uh, moment of that that it's coming. I would take medicine, and yes. I would take it heavy because I knew yes. that I was going to be in pain, and that was the only thing that warm bath um, and wine. But for me, I did, I was not looking forward to menopause just because of what it meant. And I, I do not talk about it. That's why you were like, let's talk about menopause. I, menopause. I was like, thumbs down. But I was like, you know what? I, I was like, I'm in this moment now of just embracing aging and getting older and just authenticity. I think I'm authentic in so many other ways, but mm-hmm. I really don't like to talk about aging. Yeah. In fact, one of my interns brought up this week, we have a pitch meeting every Monday and they pitch for read this, read that just, at, you know, they pitch for everything that I do, but they pitch stories. And one student, uh, Tatiana, Tati, she was like, what about menopause? Why don't you all, why don't you all talk about midlife and menopause? I was like, wait a minute. Who do you think you are? I didn't even know you think you're talking to. <laughs> no, but I, I did tell her, I said, listen, and I think that this was sound advice. I said, you have to be careful, especially when you're the youngest person, because I'm preparing them for pitching when they go into the world. I said, you're often right. going to be the youngest person in the room. And I said, a lot of times, not everybody, but there are some people, particularly people who are in front of the camera, who are very sensitive about their age. I was like, me, me, yes. me. Very sensitive. So people don't want to hear. A lot of people don't want to hear because, you know, from inner and I interview celebrities. We both do. 
And with the show that I used to do, you would, we would say to somebody, you know, oh, you're 60 years old this week. How did, and the, yeah. you could see them cringe because cringe. they don't talk about their age. That's right. When our producers were so young, they didn't think about that. Think about and I had to say, yeah. nobody wants to hear from, a, like, imagine a colleague of yours coming up to you and saying, I grew up watching you. Yes. And you're like, bitch, I've just been on, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I, a lot of, I don't want to hear it. A lot of people don't want to hear it. Yeah. Some people are fine with it. I'm very right. sensitive about it. So I don't want to hear it unless somebody is like, it, it, it depends on who it is. Sometimes it's people who are not that much younger than you who right. are like, oh, I grew up watching you. And it's like, yeah. No, see, the only people I like talking about my age are people who are much older than me. And I love hanging out with like 80 and 90 year olds. We kids. Right. They make you feel young. They make you feel young. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So I fortunately, I haven't had a lot of reminders, you know, that I'm in this menopause stage. It's just that, um, you know, it just I'm, I'm not having my cycle anymore. So I'm saving a lot of money on. I still got some pads and stuff laying around because I was never I was never a tampon girl. Um, Me neither. Oh, I, I feel like we're the same person. I mean, I know. girl, I have done the crawl. I have done the pain crawl. Oh my and god! My my wife. I've done the pain crawl. Oh no! I used to lay in bed for about four days a month in so much pain that I would just lay in my bed and cry with a hot heating pad on my stomach as hot as I could stand yeah. it. And when I when I finally got hip to it, it was really in high school. I called my pediatrician, and he was like, "Your mother will not will probably not like this, but go down if she has some vodka." Pour a little vodka, put some cold Coca-Cola in it and drink that. You know, he was like, it's, you, you need to muscle relax and you need, you know, and the pills weren't up. And I used to take about four pills, four Pamprin, I think was the one I used to use with alcohol. With I had to, I had to take Maltrim, but let me pause here to say, I love when you talk yeah. about the fact that you had a uh, pediatrician in high school. <laughs> I owe me and my doctor. Well, he was our pediatrician since we were little kids. And he, we just, he kept, he, he was your doctor all the way till you turned 18. Right. So yeah, he's still a pediatrician all the way to, and I was 17 when I graduated. So right. I still, I still have my same pediatrician from when we were, when we were moved, you know, when we were little yeah. kids all the way until I was in high school. So absolutely. And we had his number and this was back in the days when you could call your doctor and get them on the phone. Right. You know? And so I will call the doctor. Yeah, it's true. It was still a pediatrician. That's, That's funny. so funny to me as a teenager. But I mean, I get. I just. I guess I never had a doctor consistently that way. Um, yeah, that was my. That same was doctor. always our same doctor. And I, he, I, I grew up going. My father was in the military, so I would go to Fort McPherson, which is now Tyler Perry Studios. When I was, yeah, a, that yeah that that's yeah. where I used to go to the doctor until I, you know, turned eighteen. So we would go to the base for free. And get met free medicine, you know, throughout my childhood, uh, free medical, free medical care because of that. But right. that, you know, when I, Tyler Perry bought that, I was like, wow, yeah. Fort McPherson. That's it. And I say, yeah, that's, that's so crazy. I see your fan. You, you got that Beyonce hair going on. I got Beyonce hair going. So if the, if the fan is making too much noise, let no, me know. No, it's not. It's fine. Um, no, 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 but, no. But no. yeah, no. Oh yeah. You know, I had to have my hair blowing because you know why my hair is blowing? Jackie Reed, you know, my hair is blowing and looking like this. Cause I got my menopause. I've been waiting for my damn menopause for 20 years. I'm so excited about it. I'm celebrating it by having my hair blowing. <laughs> you, if you, if we are out or if I ever see you holding one of them little fans in front of your face, I'm gonna smack you. 
I'm going to <laughs> smack you. If I'm holding a fan, it's because I want to make my hair blow in the wind, not because I'm hot. <laughs> it's because I'm hot. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, the fan is right here, like right three here. inches away from your nose. No, but when we were out at dinner, literally before I even went to meet up with the other guys, it, all of a sudden I said, is it hot to anybody in here? And they went, oh, my God. They're like, are you having your first personal summer? <laughs> That's what they called it, your personal <laughs> summer. I like, heard that. Maybe so, because no, I was starting to sweat, and no one else was sweating. And I was like, oh, my God, my menopause has finally arrived. <laughs> and I love it. I have never met someone who celebrates menopause. I want to throw a menopause party. I want to throw a menopause party. Well, the, well I tell you what should be in the gift bag, little fans. <laughs> And you should have women donate because how many extra pads and stuff did you have laying around that you don't have anymore? Because right, because I, 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 I never only, tan, I'm not a tampon girl. I used them yeah. for the first time in Cabo because I got caught when one of the other girls had her, got hers. I was like, oh man, I'm going to get mine. So we were like, oh man, we were, we were feeling sorry for her. We get there and be, we were around each other for literally one day and I got mine because mine is random. It, was, it had become just random. Whenever I'm near anybody on the period, I get it. So I had to try to use the tampon for the first time. It was really uncomfortable. I do not like it. I never wanted to try it. I'm glad I'm, I'm out of this phase before I ever have to use it again. I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm still in menopause morning. It's like when I'm watching shows, TV shows and movies and <laughs> And girls are talking about getting their period and stuff. Like I'm like, oh, you don't miss your period. You just talked about how bad it was. It, no, it, no, it was terrible. I don't miss all of that that came with it. I miss the the attachment to youth that comes with it. It is it is a, a you know it's a you know a rite of passage. I guess. It, oh, darling, youth is overrated. We we old and sexy now. Listen, I feel fabulous. But I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where I'm not excited about getting older. I'm just not. You know, well, what I one mean? thing I have to say, and I know our, our guest is coming to we're going to introduce our guest soon, but I have to say this. One thing about getting older as a black woman, though, is the, the fun thing about it is because we don't age that the same way as, as yeah, a lot of other. It's people. true. We look it, we look good for forever. Good. And so because of all the moisture in our skin, all the oils that, that you fight as a young person as you get older, it's it's your friend. And so the fact that we're not getting wrinkles, the fact that we can still come across as kind of any age, you know, my sister's an actress. We act, black actors can play any age because yeah. it's just, they're sort of ageless. And so the fun part of it is the surprise factor when people find out how old you are and yeah. they're like, really? And they don't believe it. So I think that's a great thing about it. We can celebrate that. We it is. I mean, I wish our boobs behaved like our, the rest of our skin. Because that's, that's, that's not... Oh topic. Well, as an A cup, I can't relate to that topic. So my boobs are behaving exactly the same way they always have. Yeah, well, I'm a a G cup. And when I tell you, child, listen, I'm a G on your knees. That's when you're like, headed to being a Z. (laughs) Being an X, Y or Z. It's like, girl, when you got big ones, it's like, oh my God. No, that's a knee, that's a knee cup because they're on your knees and you just pop them on your knees when you walk. I'm a knee cup. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the jokes A cups make at people with boobs. Because <laughs> now it is our time for our sweet revenge. <laughs> Listen, one, day, one day, girl, I'm going to get me a boob jacket and they're going to they gonna be back where they were. They're coming back. They are coming back. <laughs> Give them back. I hate these. They're coming back. I will go braless one day. One day. I'm just going to be like, you're going to be like, girl, where is your bra? I'm like, I don't need one. 
I don't need one. <laughs> Thanks to Dr. Manamanama. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great guest for you guys, so keep it right here real quick. Okay, welcome back, you guys. And I'm still Joanne. I'm still, you know, I'm not happy about this menopause thing, but this woman always makes me laugh about everything. And I know she'll have some words about menopause. Okay, so talk about career path. Our guest today has traveled many roads. She's referred to as the reinventionist, from news reporter to talk show host, acting, stand up comedy, and author. I'm sure there's something I'm leaving out, but the resume is long, y'all. Rolanda Watts, welcome back to Read This, Read That. Hey, thank you. Hey, Kobe. Happy to be back. (laughs) We love how. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I just moved to New York City. It's it's yeah, finally back in the city. It took a while, but I'm here, and I'm really excited. I'm on you in a sitcom, Partners in Rhyme. We just got our second season. Yay. And so I'm really, things are going well. I'm really happy. Things are Yeah, well. that sitcom is great with MC Light. You've got a great cast there. It's well-received. It's well-written. Thank you. Thank you. We're having a good time with it. Good and it's on time. the All Black Network, right? It's on the All Black Network, which is AMC's new streaming network. And, um, and you know, it's MC Light and Precious Way, who is a new rapper who was found on the internet, on Instagram. Wow. And she's just doing a great job. We're having a lot of fun with it. Nice intergenerational fun show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not rapping, though. I play their boss. Not rapping. I play the monkey hunk. The money-hungry, merch-hungry boss, Hazel Wilson. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We were talking about menopause, and I know. I know kid. you were. I'm like, you bring me on here to talk about menopause. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to come to my menopause? I'm throwing a menopause. You have to be there. And listen. I'm wearing black. Menopause, been there, done that. Do you know I'm after, I'm post-menopause. Does that happen? <laughs> Do you get over it? Is there, yeah. I thought we just live in menopause forever. I thought we just live in it. No, it, a it goes now? away. Mm-mm. It goes away. You don't have flashes anymore. You don't have all that stuff anymore. That's called po- you know, menopause comes in three stages. You know, uh-huh. pre-menopause, menopause, and then post-menopause. So you'll, you'll, go, you'll get there. I started menopause at 50. I'm 62 mm. now. And I was thinking you were talking about periods. I was like, wait, what's that? I haven't had that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we don't miss them. Did you ever have a moment? You say 62 so confidently. Did you ever have a moment, particularly in what we do for a living, where you were like, let me keep my age a secret? Did you try early on or just never did that? Never. I never got into that. You know, and plus, you know, when I started in the business at Anchor in the News at 22, everybody was like, the miracle kid, the young girl who's... So they put my age everywhere. Everywhere. And you can just look it up. I'd rather be a mature woman than a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look amazing at any age. At every age. I know, I know. But yeah, you know, those 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 nights that you were talking about, even when I do stand-up comedy, I do a lot of jokes about menopause. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't, you don't even have to go to the gym anymore to sweat. You just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And I tell young people, I say, I know you don't have any idea what I'm talking about when I say menopause. I said, but I bet you've seen it. I say, you know, when your auntie comes in the room and say, does somebody turn up the heat? That's menopause. <laughs> 
And say, you know, when you come, you can say to your, you can call your mom and go, mom, and she goes, what the hell do you want now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's oh the DPAF area. It's like when you you could just say whatever, and, and, and you, anything you say comes out funny. You can just be like, "Oh, that's don't worry about it, baby. That's menopause. Yeah, just menopause." Oh, so crankiness is a part of it. Maybe I am having symptoms. I was saying I'm not <laughs> dealing with the sweats, but I sure am cranky. Well, you know, so and another thing that happened during menopause is that if I saw a guy that was hot, that I really, I would bust into a sweat. I don't know what the, I guess that was the body's way of saying, you have one last chance. <laughs> one last chance. You and I would be like, get it while it's hot. My name's relaxed. Wiping sweat. I'm pouring beads of sweat. Talking to this hot guy. It was horrible. Horrible. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like if, if going through having a period wasn't enough that women have to endure, then we got to deal with after the period, it, it, period is over. Crankiness, sweating, hot flashes. Like, why? Why? Look, I said to my girlfriend the other day, I said, you know something, it's so nice to be, you know, trying new things in middle age. It was middle age. How many people you know 124 years old? So, look, age is a blessing, especially when you consider the alternative. Exactly. (laughs) It's true. I'm trying to embrace it, but I'm not there yet. We'll see what happens. So, wait, we got to ask you about your reinventionist because I love that. This woman, Joanne, is always on Clubhouse hosting, participating, conversations about reinventing yourself and all kinds of things. Um, how did you come up with that? Because I love that. And it's so, it, it fits. It works for what you're doing. Well, you, you know something? I was doing a reinvention retreat where I would do these free Zoom webinars. And and I would, with people, you know, I think reinvent is something to embrace because people are in such a changing time. And before COVID, I was talking about reinvention. And people were like, why are you talking about reinvention? Then COVID hit and everybody was like, tell me about reinvention. <laughs> and I think talking about reinvention is, is, is giving people hope and, and giving them um, an opportunity to realize that your, your dreams are not going to happen outside of you. That if you don't go within, you go without. And we have so many beautiful gifts within us that we don't even tap into until we hit a wall or the world gets pulled out from under us, or we're just so miserable, we have no other choice but to change. Yeah. But I've always embraced change. I think change is good. Um, and I also believe that God gives us gifts, and the way we use those gifts is our gift back to God. So by the time I've kicked the bucket out of here, if they're going to put on my epitaph, all used up. <laughs> <laughs> she used all the gifts. All she the used gifts. all them gifts, y'all. <laughs> so, Rolanda, I have to ask you this because a lot of people, I think, during the pandemic, definitely leaned into reinvention. You know, because you couldn't go back to work. A lot of people just decided maybe they didn't want to start a businesses. You did see a lot of people leaning in to sort of, okay, let me make create this new life out of this sort of disaster and this lockdown. But what would you advise people to do to sort of maintain that? Because as the world kind of transitions very slowly back to quote unquote normal, I don't think it's ever going to be really normal. But a lot of people are sort of panicking now and thinking, I need to go back in the workplace. I spoke to somebody literally just the other day who kind of did start to lean in, but is now kind of panicking and being like, no, I need to go get back and get me a J-O-B. 
Well, you know something, there's so many things that you can do today. I mean, be honest with you, I created a new business during the COVID, uh, the COVID crisis because people were like, I know what I want to do. I want to reinvent myself, but I want to do what you do, the voice acting. And will you teach me? And I was like, teach you? Let me tell you, my reinventionist reinvented me because now I, I have a voice acting masterclass that is taking off. And that was my business during COVID. And I think you just have to leave yourself open because we have so many opportunities, particularly with the internet. My goodness, there's so much right there at the fingertips. And I think if you find something that makes you happy, that really makes you happy, then the money will come. The, the opportunities will come. And if you find that you can do something in the service of other people, if you can help people in some way, I think that that's going to be a blessing as well. But I think that, yeah, it's scary. Change is very scary. Not everybody will go out balls to the wind like I tend to do. But, you know, but I think that if you are unhappy in what you're doing and you don't feel that you have a purpose and a passion, then what do you have to lose? Try something Mm. new. There's so many things to try. And And I think that with the Internet in particular, all the information that's being exchanged on Clubhouse, I mean, the, the internet is crazy good for inspiration. Um, and I think that the, there, there are things you can do. I really think there are things that, that, are, that you can embrace that are natural to yourself if you just get out of that head of following the herd. But mm-hmm. you've got to step out and you've got to be brave and you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to yeah. trust in, in the process. Yeah. You know, you have so many great things going on, Rolanda. I mean, just so many incredible things, including your podcast, which we didn't mention. But how are you doing just with managing this whole pandemic? You know, now with Omicron, you know, it looks like there could be, you know, some some type of lockdown, you know, restrictions, Broadway shutting up. You just got back to New York. You know, it's so crowded here and everything. Like, how how are you at managing just mentally everything that, cause it's been a rough two years for a lot of people. Oh, it's been a horrid two years. It really has been. It's scary. It's really scary, especially coming to New York, such a dense city. Um, I'm very grateful that, that a lot of my work is online, that I don't have to leave the house every day, but I was out last night um, at, at Ashford Simpson sugar bar. We were all having fun and I'm looking around going like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how many times I'm going to be going out into a big crowd like this again. Um, But yeah, we just have to make the adjustments. We have to do our vaccinations. We have to do what we have to do to get rid of this thing. And um, it's very, it's scary. It's just very scary. But just stay positive, stay healthy, and just stay out of the crowds is I think is what's going to eventually happen for me. Yeah. I'm going to be home a lot. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, on the same note, because you just be, what, what you've done in the sort of talk show world, dealing with difficult people and their difficult sort of attitudes, right? What do you make of this pretty broad group of Americans who are refusing to react to the pandemic, who are either saying it's not real, who have conspiracy theories, thinking that the you know the the, the vaccines are going to kill us, or they're going to there are there are conspiracy against black people, and there are a lot of black folks who are doing it too. The yeah. two big groups that are unvaccinated are Republicans and black people. What do you make of it? Yeah, I I think that's that to me is scarier than the virus itself. I mean, and and it just the yeah. thought that people can be so inconsiderate of their brothers and sisters around them 
is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just, um, you know, I know that historically our culture has had a fear and a, and a suspicion, doctors and the rest. But when you're seeing people dying, this isn't a joke. I mean, this isn't something that nobody's made up. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they justify it. But I tell you what, immunity is going to save our community. And I think that when it's when we start seeing younger people starting to die, younger people being affected by this, we're going to real. I mean, I, th- I think we're all uh, most of us are woke, but I think that it's going to have to hit home to somebody before it really makes a difference. You can't change somebody's mind until they really experience the the hardship of what this really means, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole conspiracy thing is, I think it's ridiculous, but, you know, who, who can I tell people what to think? Yeah. But I think that when you see the effect of what can happen, if you don't change, that's the only thing that's going to, sadly. Uh, What's scarier for me than the, than the, this divide when it comes to the, you know, uh, the, the virus and getting vaccinated or wearing masks is that the the politics behind a lot of it. I think for a lot of black people, it's more of not trusting the government, but this whole, the, you know, the Trumpers versus, you know, the, you know, the rest of us that are sane uh, people like that whole crowd, because when you look at, you know, beyond the, the virus, you know, the critical race theory, you know, debate that was going like what's happening in schools, you know, with these parents rising up and it just everything that's going on, it just seems like the country is divided and there's just so much anger. And it's just it's just scary to me where we're going. And mm-hmm. for, for you, Rolanda, it just seems like you just no, no matter what's going on. And not that I see you every day. You just you just manage these things so well. You know what I mean? You it, it's so much going on in the world that's scary. But you just seem to be glass half full all the time. Are, are you are you worried at all about the politics, the political future of this, like democracy? Oh, <laughs> democracy. I am. Uh, yeah, I think I listen. At, since that fool was in office, we have just like we've been just going crazy. And I'm really concerned about democracy. I'm really concerned about our country. I'm concerned about our people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's just so overwhelming to me how ridiculous things are that it's that I just, you know, the only way you can manage is, is to see the glass, you know, is it glass half full? No, the glass is full. It's just half water, half air. <laughs> you know, you have to have a positive outlook. <laughs> you, know? you know, I'm not going you to do. adapt. You know, I'm not going to adapt to negativity. I'm just not going to do it. And, and life is so precious and so short that we have to think positive. We have to do that. We have to be the beacon of hope for those who are looking for something better than the crap that's out here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, the gun situation and the democracy and the COVID. And I mean, you get wrapped up in that. Yeah, and crime. Life. Crime. And crime. Crazy. I know. It's crazy. But I think, you know, you know, moving to New York where crime is up too. that's another concern. But you just, you know, you just have to in your own space, protect yourself, stay positive, stay faithful and 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 help people if you can. Even if it's being that beacon of some staying positive, somebody will say, well, maybe I can be a little bit more positive, too, because we have a negative vibration. You only want to attract negative things. 
Yeah. So I be- I'm a real firm believer in that law of attraction, that what you put out is what you're going to get back. And I just want to stay in the right lane um, to, to, you know, to, to be a, to be a positive force in the world. And, yeah. he, and especially for myself. You know? I yeah. know. Well, on that note, that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you, you know, you've accomplished so many things and been successful at it. I mean, the idea that you would just decide I'm going to go into, into comedy and then do it and, and succeed at it. I think that's super cool, right? That you just do what you want to do. What is on your dream board? What are the things that you want to accomplish going forward? I would love to do Broadway. <gasps> you would be great on Broadway. I would be you know, you know something. I always wanted to act. I've always that was all I ever wanted was be an actor. And there were no, you know, there were no roles for people like me back when I got out of college. Majored in theater arts at Spelman, and actually, I applied to Columbia because I wanted to be an actor. And I figured, how can I get to New York where parents wouldn't be all over me, and they'd leave me alone? We'll be in school. So I graduated a year early from Spelman and applied for Columbia because I knew I could write. I had no idea it was the number one journalism school. <laughs> I just wanted to get to New York. So I remember telling my daddy, Daddy, I'm not here to be a journalist. I'm here to be an actor. And as soon as I get my role, I'm going to quit journalism school. And I remember he was a smoker at the time. And I remember he pulled the longest drag on that cigarette till <laughs> his jaws went in. <laughs> 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 and then he looked at me and said, good luck, little girl. I went to one cattle call. Those people treated me so mean. I was like, I'm not, uh-uh, I'll be back when y'all know my name. And fell in love with journalism and that took off. And who, and you can't say what we do ain't acting. Come on now. So oh, Come on now. So, come on now. So after all the news and the talk show and all that, I said, I had, it was the first time in, forever. I wasn't bound by a contract. I'd done with my money. I said, doggone it. I'm going to Hollywood. We're going to do this. And I went out there and the first gig was sister, sister with the, you know, Tim and Jack A and the Maori twins and, um, and took from there. And I've always loved comedy. And then um, I just, then the com the comedy came, you just stand up and Kim Coles threw me on stage. She was getting married and had a had a, a all her friends. I mean, all the major comedians. And she said, "Get on stage." I said, "Are you kidding me? I can't get on that stage." She said, "You've always told me you wanted to do it, and I'm a firm believer. Like if the if the opportunity comes, you jump at it." <laughs> and I got her. She said, "I know you got five minutes of funny," and got on that stage. Seventeen minutes later, they were on the floor. <laughs> And I just loved it. I love stage. I think I love that for my talk show. In between my talk show, I was doing stand up, but he, you know, like the warm up <laughs> Are in you the audience. Serious? But yeah, but I, I just love the stage. I love, you know, I, you, you, you all well know that we all love, you know, presenting and being there as a force for mm-hmm. the public and the rest. But to make people laugh is a oh. wonderful thing. It's just yeah. a, a great, but that's, it happened. It was just really fulfilling a childhood dream for me. And thank yeah. God it took off. <laughs> I can eat now, but um, it's been a wonderful thing. You know, for the past 20 some years, I've been a working actor in Hollywood and now back in New York. Sadly, New York just yesterday, the you know, started dimming the lights on some of the shows that were coming yeah. back. But, but I, but I, 
think that coming back now when Broadway is not only back, but but superbly black, you know, we got yeah, a lot yeah. of black people working on Broadway. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So I think maybe God just said, just wait, little girl, there'll be some parts for you at some point. Right. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens. But I hope Broadway, I hope, you know, we deal with this COVID thing because Broadway has been so excited to come back. There's some wonderful shows out. And mm-hmm. I just hope that we get this thing under control so we can work and enjoy art. Yeah, yeah. Broadway was hit really hard by COVID. So many um, actors and people behind the scenes, you know, lost their jobs and livelihood because of it. Okay, so got to transition a little bit and ask you about dating. Ah, I know you've been very open be about your topic. Because <laughs> you've been very open about dating. How's it going? Have you met Mr. Right yet? No, met a lot of Mr. Wrong. <laughs> no, Mr. Maybes. No, not even a Mr. Ma- you know what? I, I was on the dating sites and everything, and I just get bored. Just I just took myself off the dating sites. You did? I figure I'm a yeah, I just shut them down. It's just it's just too much work, and it's just I don't know. I'm a I'm a go with my faith yeah. that says that that he will find me and it will be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all I can say. I don't have yeah. anybody. You know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got somebody for a sister. Are you, are, are you still open? Or are you just like it'll no, happen? I'm, I'm definitely open. Yeah, yeah. I I'm just gonna through our Rolodexes. We gonna start. We gonna work on this. Yeah, yeah. sister out. I think that's the way it's gonna have to happen. Somebody's yeah. gonna have to. Referrals. Well, referrals are good, right? Yeah, because referrals are yeah. really good. Background, it's like a, a low key background check. So we like. Right, it's kind of like a little matchmaking situation. It's exactly. That's what you yeah. want. And it's hard during COVID. That's yeah. the thing. I like, know. With strangers. It's just. I don't know. Like I was out last night and I saw a couple of guys that I really thought were very attractive and I let them know I thought they were attractive in a certain way. But then I was like, well, what are you going to do? You can't kiss them. You know, ain't nobody kissing nobody during COVID. (laughs) Like, what's the point? Mm -mm. Uh -uh. Wait, how do you let them know you're attracted (laughs) to them for, for our shy listeners out there? How do you how do you do that? What's your method? I, I do flirt. I like to flirt. But there's but I there was one guy on stage. He was playing a bass. And I was like, I am in love with that guy. And so my friend was got on stage. He was like, by the way, there's somebody in the audience who's in love with you. And I went, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love so when he finished, I, I said, I said, listen, I know I'm going crazy, but you really are a great bass player. And I could have sworn you were a Southern man. He said, no, I'm not Southern. So we started chit-chatting. But then I then I peter out. Then I lose, you know. Interesting. You don't want to be too thirsty. <laughs> right, right. It's like you got to let them come to you a little bit. You, you <laughs> go this far. They got to come this far, right? Right. They got to meet you there. Well, Rolanda, it is always a, just such a pleasure to, to catch up with you and have you oh. on Read This, Read That. You are just one of our favorites. So good to see your face. Glad oh, you're back in New York. And do yeah. it I love you gals. You know that you're two of the most brilliant, beautiful women I know. And I'm so proud of you. Every time I see, I'll start crying. <laughs> but every time I see you, I'm just so proud. I just be, and you've got some gifts coming to you, by the way. So look out in the mail. 
Oh, oh come on. Yes. You always oh, yes. give us such great gifts. Love Thank you. You are we a love gift. You. you are a gift. Just just Absolutely. the fact that you exist. You know, I love you so much. You are Amen. so wonderful. We I love you. you. Thank you too. Thank you so much. All right. Mom. Happy Mom. holidays. Happy holidays. Tell your family, hello, big hugs to everybody. You too. Will do. do. Okay. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. I love her. She's such a perfect. Well, and I got to tell you, she talked about her starting her business, um, her voice acting business, and Jamar, our middle child, took the class and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, you know, he's an actor and he's working on Broadway, so we'll see how long his show, he's working as an usher. Um, so see how long his show goes before it has to get dark. But it's true. She started this incredible thing where she's like taking the, her, first of all, her amazing voice. She has this beautiful I resonant mean. voice, but she's teaching other people how to use their voices. And that is like the perfect thing for her to be doing. So, well, and, and I love that she's letting a lot of people know, like your son, a lot of young people who think that the only path to acting is doing something where people see your face and that is not true voice acting. I mean, she's been, she is a very successful voice actor. She has like, you look at her IMDB page, there's so many credits on there for Mm -hmm. voice acting alone. I mean, she does obviously on camera stuff too, but it really is a fantastic career. And a lot of people forget that. And so I'm glad um, that she's doing that and reminding people because there are a lot of actors out there, you know, who do not only, you know, Yvette Nicole Brown is one of them who is now doing a lot of voice acting as well. She's doing yeah. both. Um, so yeah, she she's amazing. I love Rolanda mm-hmm. so much. She's such so like such an incredible soul, so positive, right? Yes, she is. She is, she is so positive. And she's kind of with me on menopause, I think. Well, she's she's what do you mean? I think like she's not feeling I it. think she's on my side, but it's great. Oh, she's yes. past it, but I think she's she good past it. Yeah, well, see, she's on y'all are she's on that whole, y'all are on that happy, you know, to be whatever age you are kind of thing. I'm not on that train. I'm on a whole. Oh, other- but I'm generally not. I'm generally not. No, I'm generally not. And listen, my mother lied about her age by ten years. When my mother passed, we thought she was a whole different age. We were like, she was that old? Like we had no idea. She was lying about her age the whole time. So I come from the people who don't really get into it. And my godmother would torture me by like, how old are you now? It's your birthday. And trying to tell me my age. I'm like, don't talk about my age. She'd be like, but this your age? I'm like, no. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But you can, listen, because you can get menopause at any age. I mean, it could, you could be any age. I embrace the menopause. I'm not saying I embrace the age part, but I embrace the menopause part. A yeah. thousand percent. It, listen, I listen. As long as your hair is blowing, you make everything fabulous. <laughs> You make menopause fabulous with the with the fan blowing, giving you the <laughs> hair blow. I love. We gonna make everybody want menopause. <laughs> this is my menopause party. See, welcome to it. <laughs> and you didn't wear black. Boom. <laughs> uh, exactly. See, you dragged me. You surprised me. That's that Jason in you. Surprise! Surprise! You're at a menopause a menopause. So I got to ask, what are you going to do for you this weekend? When are you coming back to the East Coast? So we're coming. Yeah, we have a late night flight on Sunday. So what I'm going to do for me this weekend is sleep off this time change. And then I got to do my Christmas shopping. Jackie, I always say I'm going to do it early. I'm so far behind that I'm going to have to put on my double mask and go to the mall. (gasps) I'm going to have no choice because nothing's going to come on time. And it's, it's, it's my worst nightmare is having to do the mall shop, but I don't have a choice now. It's too late. 
So I have not, I got no presents yet. I got to get these presents in gear. So girlfriend, double masking at the mall. Oh my that God. ain't is even this, something I'm doing for me. That's something I'm doing for Christmas. Is this for the kids? Or people? Or yes, or because one, you know, I, my whole thing is I love for husband, kids. I got stuff for my cousins because I ordered it before because I, I knew what I wanted to get them. So that's already sitting down. I just got to do that. And then a couple colleagues, you know, I, that I want to send stuff to from work. So oh. I got to get on it. You know, you should just make something. Make- you should make something. When do I like got time to make something? And what am I girl instead of going to the mall? You go be the mall. I'm saying make some brownies, make some cookies, make some, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the people who are not local, well, I mean for the for the internal people, yes, maybe. But yeah. I have, I just believe in having something to open. Like me, now that our kids are grown, they're adults, they don't need a ton of presents. Like that's just not necessary. People don't but have just to have something, tent. right? something to open you just oh, Chris, I love Christmas I love the lights I love the tree but I just love coming downstairs when you went to bed the night before and there's nothing really there and then you come down that morning and there are things there just have to be things under the tree for people to open that's all I care about it doesn't matter really almost what's in the boxes there just yeah. has to be something so I want to go make sure that everybody has something to open that's just my thing I'm a Christmas person so, so you're going to shop out there in LA I'm a, no well I should have done it out here but I don't want to also have another bag to drag back So I think what I'm going to do is wait till I get home Sunday, mask it up, get to the mall and I'm going to get in and out. I'm going to have headphones on. I'll be deliberate. I'm not trying to do it as a fun trip with people. I just want to get in, get out fast, quick, fast and dirty. Yeah, Because I was going to say I was asking if it was for the kids, because that's easy if you don't have to ship anything. But right now, everything's so backed up um, when it comes to sending things. So it's good that you're just getting stuff for for local. Put it in the back of my truck, bring it home, wrap it, put it under the tree. I'm done. Or, or hide it. You know, even though they're adults, you know, you st- I can't let go of my tradition. So I'm going to take it, wrap it, put it in my in my closet. Oh, my God. And then, and then night before, girl. I still do it. I still make the cookies. I still do the cookies. Mean, That's hey, what I'm saying. People. If you're going to bake, you might as well bake for, as gifts. But the kind of gifts you're getting for, for the kids yeah. and for Jason and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking of coworkers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, coworkers and stuff, right. So coworkers, I'm going to keep it very simple. What I'm going to do is I'm going to order. There's a wine shop that's by 30 hours. So here's the problem. No one is at work. So it's not like you can just like get it, but they can ship easily. So, you know, if I buy somebody a bottle of wine, Girl, if it comes a few couple of days after Christmas, they home anyway. Everybody's off. All the anchors yeah. are off. So I'm going to go ahead. The one wine shop that I know ships, then I'm just going to be like ship, 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 ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll make it real simple. So you know, a bottle of wine is such a good idea. It's yeah. such a simple, like, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. So we go, we, 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 you know, fingers crossed. Um, I love that you, now are y'all, do y'all do matching pajamas in your house? No, <laughs> maybe that's what I should get. Okay, Jason, hopefully he wasn't here. Maybe that's what I'll get. Jason, he's hard to buy for. So I'm going to have, maybe I'll get him some pajamas. Give <laughs> pajamas for everybody. Take a picture. And then that could be a gift for him. Like a frame with a picture of the whole family in matching pajamas. Oh, that is cute. I love that idea. That's a very cute idea. I like that. I like that. All right, that's what are you going to do for you, cousin? Oh my God, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend. So I am hitting the road, going to see my mom and, you know, and, and have Christmas in Atlanta yes. and girl. Okay. So, you know, I'm getting on the road with the dogs and that will be it. Yes. So girl, that's it. I'm driving. I don't know what I'm doing for is, me. This weekend. You know, is the boyfriend coming or, or are you yes. all, are you, he's, yes. okay. so it's a family trip with the dog children. Oh, by well, the he's way, coming later. I'm driving by myself. 
Oh, you're talking by yourself? Just you and the dogs? Just me and the dogs. But I drive halfway. I stop, stay over, stay at a hotel. Okay. Um, I I got a great spot with the kitchen garage. I got my food pack. I got a bottle of wine for myself. Okay. And so I'll drive halfway, stop, and then drive the rest. Um, Girl, I'll be in Atlanta by two o'clock on Sunday. No, but see, that's good because I was, I was going to say by yourself because, you know, you got to stop. They got to pee. They got to eat. Let me it's tell you lot. what I do. I, I get up at like four ish. I walk them, get get them peed and poop because my dogs sleep late. Thank God. Because right. I sleep yeah. late. So they yeah. sleep late. So I get up. They don't they won't get up until I get up. If I stay in the bed until nine thirty, ten o'clock, that's when they'll get up. So I get on the road at 5 a.m. Those babies will sleep until about nine thirty, ten oh. o'clock. Girl, I will stop, get gas, feed them, walk them, feed myself. I make one stop and then I drive the rest of the way to the hotel, stay. So it's like seven hours, six and a half, seven hours. I stop one time and they sleep the whole time. If you, girl, if I leave early, my dogs will sleep the majority of the trip. And wow. I do the same thing on Sunday. And it is, girl, it was, a, once I figured that out, it was a game changer because yeah. I didn't have to keep stopping for that. You have to keep stopping. We'll see. You, you have better pets than mine. Well, we will, hopefully, the next time we do this podcast, the next time we do this podcast, I don't know if you all saw on my Instagram, Nala with Santa and yes. um, Isis with Santa. With white Nala. Santa. I know, but it was at their, it's where they take their um, daycare. So we can't regulate the way the daycare, you know, <laughs> But, it was, but what I did love about it, it was a white Santa, but it was a white lady. So as long as it was, yes. it was at least somewhat of a non-traditional Santa. <laughs> so it's like a white lady Santa. She I checked can, one of the minority boxes. She checked the box. She checked the box. It was a box. It was a Santa lady. So they were saying, and by the way, Mr. Isis was the first cat at that uh, daycare to ever get to be the Santa cat, to be with Santa. Because they normally just do the dog. Oh, and they were like, and I asked can the cat do it too? And they were like, you know, we've never had a cat do it. And I was like, and they were like, but we'll make an exception. They love Mr. Isis. They were like, we'll make an exception for Mr. Isis. So Mr. Isis got to be with Santa as well. And, and, and inaugurated a change of scenery for that place where cats can get involved. Um, but, but Nala is not just at daycare. No, no. Nala is in, is in school. So she is in, remember I told you I was going to try to get her training school, but you were oh, like, yeah, don't yeah. send her away where they don't change her and all that stuff. Well, the good thing about this is we, instead of looking for someplace outside, I happen to ask the place where they go and yeah. she loves it there and they love her. They obsessed with this dog. Oh, good. So, she, so whenever she goes there, she leaps into their, into their arms. Like she loves it there. So it's people she knows and trusts and good. she's gotten to get to know the trainer we went and met him and he walked her around so that she's not, it's not a stranger. Yeah. So That's hopefully good. fingers crossed, she's coming back trained, potty trained, not jumping. Potty trained. <laughs> hopefully not jumping on folks. You know, when she greets them, she likes to greet you in your face with a bang with her hands. Yeah. All she's face. a puppy. And she's so big that, you know, her jumping yeah. on you, if you're afraid of dogs, it's scary because she's big, you know, and yeah. she doesn't know her own size and her own strength. So hopefully the next time we podcast, she will be a whole different dog. Maybe still a little bit of a crackhead because she is a crackhead, but a little bit less crackheadish. Well, a lot of trainers will tell you that a lot of times the problem is not the dog. It's the people. It's the people. (laughs) It's like you can send the dog away to be trained. But if you don't follow the guidelines that they give you, you you don't do your part. Yes. It'll all it'll all be for naught. 
so, so that's, they, that's the challenge. It's really not the animals. It's, it's the people. No, it's it's the and so what, co- <laughs> what comes into what comes with this training is that when we go to pick her up, then we get our training. So we have to go to two training sessions ourselves. So she gets her training and then we get our training. So you're absolutely right. Cause they, he said the same thing is this, the people mess it up. So it's like when, when he, when we come back, then he's going to train us <laughs> how to deal with her in yes. her train state. So Hopefully it'll all be great and she'll be, you know, slightly less of a, of a crackhead. Yay, Nala. She is not a crackhead. She's a puppy. She's a puppy in a very busy household. And that's what yes. happened. Yeah, she's a lot. She's a lot. She's a lot. She's a lot of love. We love her, but she's a lot. And I know. I, Isis is probably happy too because she'll stop mauling him. I know. <laughs> I know. You got to get a second dog, a small dog. I'm he, telling you, small no, dogs Isis, are the answer. Isis is the second dog. <laughs> The cat is the second dog. <laughs> Isis is probably in heaven that that dog is not around right now. <laughs> like, woo, I can do my old man like, thing. What were y'all smoking when y'all went to <laughs> this dog? What the hell? <laughs> All right. She could talk. Anyway. All right, girl. Anyway, you guys, thanks for uh, listening to us. Be sure to subscribe. Tell a friend. <laughs> leave a comment. Leave a review. We love for you all to do that. Yeah. Follow us on social media at read this right at girl at read this, read that. Follow us on social media and be sure to tune in Monday through Friday, MSNBC for the readout at 7 p.m. Eastern time and check out my cousin. You'll be watching along with Billy D. Williams. So you'll be in great company. <laughs> Listen, absolutely. And we love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, and LeVar Burton, now that he don't have to do Jeopardy, he can watch too. Yes. Um, and you, you must also follow Vegan Sexy Cool. You can find Vegan Sexy Cool on vegansexycool.com. You can find Vegan Sexy Cool on Instagram. You can get all sorts of great recipes, great tips, great fashion, great fun, great interviews. You recently did a thing with, uh, is it Purple Carrot? You'd have like yes. a whole purple situation so you're gonna find all sorts of new things to food you know i i love my um by gal vegan i'm like obsessed with the scrimp so you're gonna find all kind of great tips and things that you can eat things that you can wear and ways to live a fabulous vegan life so do that we love yes it. yes I'm, I'm gonna start a special if people want to dip their toe into the vegan life starting the day after christmas i'm gonna start preparing you for in January, my 12 months to vegan program. So if you want to give it a try, it's an easy way to just kind of dip your toe into it without going completely vegan. So stay tuned for that. You're going to want to do it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way to do it. Y'all know Jackie about to force me to do this, right? You're doing, you're doing <laughs> That's it. usually the setup to... I'm sending you to, to Nala school when you go in. <laughs> the class that you take is really a vegan, how to go vegan. Girl, <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. And this is our last show of the season. So we'll, 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 we'll see you again in January. All Lang Syne. We'll see you guys in January. Be good, but not too good. Bye. No, bye. <laughs>
Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, Targeted electronic newsletter. Experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.